turn our Bibles to Psalm 100. Whenever things are going south sometimes, it's good to read Psalms, amen? It's good to read Psalms. And um, did I do that? All right, all right, Psalm 100. And um, we're going to read the whole Psalm. Let's go ahead and stand. You know, I was reading a commentator, this um, biblical commentator, and he, he said this, he said, you know, one thing I regret, and he's a no, known man, he said, I wish people would have, would have heard more positive things from me from the pulpit. Interesting statement to make, as, as the, the one man wrote. But I want you to read Psalm 100. If you read Psalm 100, the girls sang today, and, and as, I, as I think about this, the first verse really applies to it. It says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness, come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people, and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. Sometimes you ever feel like all hope's gone? You ever felt that way? I cannot watch the media right now. I can't watch anything that's going on. Now, you just think, what in the world have we turned into? But you know what? We get our, our eyes on the wrong things. We'll lose hope. And this next picture, this is sometimes how I feel. Do you ever feel like that? You're just climbing out of a dark spot. You have no idea. But it, the only picture, that thing difference in my life is sometimes the ladder's too short or it's not there. Amen? You ever been there? And so when we look at this, I want to talk to you. And we're going to be positive, but we're going to be negative right off the bat. Okay? By the way, it's good to have Tony back with us. All right? Back with the whole congregation. Been gone for a while. And we're thankful he's here. Um, just saw him. So let's look at this and let's look at hope. We're going to talk about failures. What do failures have in common? Anybody have a failure? And don't point one of your children, okay? That's not what I'm talking about, all right? Um, but we all have failures in our life, right? Um, what, what do they all have in common? And I'm going to give you a list and I'm going to ask you to participate. So you're coming to church to do something, and I want you to participate in just a second. I don't want you to act like the average independent Baptist church. When I ask you a question, you just go. He's not talking to me. I'm talking to everybody. If I think you're not paying attention, I'm going to call on you today. I just feel angry this morning, all right? So um, when it comes to failure, what do they have in common? Let me give you three guys in the Bible that had failures, if you look at them. Now, there's some common ones that we know, but that these three that I'm going to list, we all know who they are. I mean, I could pick Jezebel. She's a failure with what she did. And that's just, but let's look at these guys. What about Lot? I think he was a failure. Um, Jonah, definitely a failure. And then the third one is Samson. I think these three, their whole life, typified failure. They had failure and failure and failure. Now the next two just had certain situations in their life happen that they failed in. Watch this. Then this next one we understand David. And then the, the fifth one is this. Peter, don't you think he had some failures? The problem with these guys in their situations, is they all have one thing that's, that's um, in all of them. They all have something in common. And that one, it's one word, and here it is, and you're going to go, well, what word is that? It's the word, my. You know, if you were to study them out, the problem that they have is they're always about themselves. 
I was going to put a picture up, and everybody would know this, Finding Nemo, if I put those birds up there, what did they say all the time? Mine, 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 mine. And I didn't know if, if that's just my generation that knows. Everybody know which birds I'm talking about? And you, you see those birds, you go, what in the world? That would drive me crazy. You know what that, that, that those birds are? They're like the children in the nursery. You could, have one, you could have 20 different toys, and they'd want that one toy. They'd want to hold on to that one toy. And they don't care what it is. You know what they don't like? That someone else has got it. But let me fast forward that a little bit the same way with us. My, 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 my. We say that all the time. This is mine, this is mine, this is mine, this is mine. That's what's happening in the world right now. Everybody's saying it's mine, it's mine, it's mine. And it's not making any sense. There's no righteousness in that. Because Jesus gave His life for us. It wasn't about my, my, my. I wonder how many times that, that um, man on the cross that did not accept Him thought about my, my, my. You know, when we come to this one word, let's look at back at some of these. Now, this is where I'm going to ask you to participate. We've got all these guys up here. I want you to tell me where they thought about themselves. What would be some of the things? Oh, my word, it's going to be a rough one. Okay. What would you say Lot thought of? My, he said green grass. You know what I'm thinking of? My land. That's my land. You can study the story of Lot. It's interesting what, what, what um, Abraham does to him. He points out to him, he's looking out at the land, and, you, and you've got to understand Jewish customs. He's looking at the land, he goes, do you want what's on the right or on the left? You know what Lot chooses? He chooses the land that's behind him. Abraham, Abraham knew that that wasn't a good land. Although it looked good, because all Lot did was buy. It's my land. It's my decision. You see where the problem was? We don't, I, I've never asked teenagers or children, or especially those going into college, what, 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 God, what they want to do. It's not what they want to do, it's what God wants them to do. Amen. Don't you think we need a few more Christian business people? Amen. Now these two words probably don't go together, but Christian politicians? Amen. Or even another one that's even wilder, Christian media? You don't see very much of that. Amen. It's all about my, 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 my um, land. What about Lot? What about my friends? Cost him his wife. Cost him his family. Cost him his daughters, if you really think of the whole story. Now what do we get with Jonah? I want to go my what? Way. I want to go my way. You're not going to tell me what to do. What are you going to do? Have a fish swallow me? Just think about that statement. We say that so flippantly, but how many people have you ever known been swallowed by a fish and still live? I don't know of anybody. You know what I think Jonah was? My perspective. This is my perspective. I'm going to do whatever I want. What about Samson? Anybody? Oh, it's a quiet crowd. My what? My flesh. That's a good one. Uh, my flesh. Um, my direction. Now, does anybody else want to want to guess on one of them? You're not going to be wrong, okay? My what? My friends. Strength. Yeah, my strength. How about this? My choice. 
We've heard that before. Didn't, didn't he say, I'm going to just do whatever I want to do? I mean, you read that whole story of Samson, you go, what was good with And I wonder why God let him do the last thing that he let him do. What about David? Thinking about the story of Bathsheba, what do you think about him? My what? My moment? My, my lust? How about this? My roof. This is my roof. I can do what I want to do. How about my fight? To show you how brazen he was, and I love David, and David was one of the ones that wrote the psalm, but he sends a litter, a, a litter of execution, and he gives it to the man that's going to be executed, and that man takes it to the front line. That's how brazen he was with it. This is my fight. This is my choice. What about Peter? When he denied Christ, what was the things that he was thinking of? I think of one right off the bat. My safety. Did you read my notes? My safety. He's just trying to protect himself. And I've got my safety. Or maybe this, my way. I'm going to do this my way. Because Peter was always wanting to do things his way. So you look at all these failures, it's all my. When I fail, it's not on God. Can God fail? No. When I have failures in my life, it's on me. Something that I've chosen. And maybe some of these things, my friends, my way, my perspective, my choice, my direction, my fight, my safety, my way. But we've got to, turn, we've got to do something in our life. If we're going to be different than the world and we're going to have some hope in our life, guess what? We've got to change the my to his. Now when we read this psalm, Psalm 100, some things just stuck out at me, and I've never read it like this before, but this week as I was studying it, it was interesting, the word his. Um, if we're going to have, if we can change this from mine and my or yours to his, we're going to have some hope in our, in our life. But I want to point out four things, and we'll be done, and I want you to see these things that we've got to change in our life. If you were to look up the word his in Psalm 100, let's look at it. Let's read it one more time. And I want you to see this, and I'm going to emphasize the word his. It says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before what? His presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, be, he is God. It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people. And the sheep of his pasture enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. I love verse number five. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. And his truth endureth to all generations. So let's look at these. I'm going to give you four points really quick on these, and I want you to see it. The first one is this. It's our perspectives in Psalms 100, 1 through 2. Let's read these one more time. I want you to see the perspectives of this. As we look at this, it says, make a joyful noise. You know, and I've, I've teased people about, there's some people that would never get up here and sing. You know, I'd pay money to have a trio in our church. It'd be Brother Moody, Ray Adams, and Bobby Schaefer. Would you come to hear, him, hear them sing? This is what you would call a joyful noise. 
It might not be joyful to our ears, but it sure would be joyful to our heart. Amen? You know, I've teased some of those guys about singing. Uh-uh, I never get to them and sing. Then we got Larry, we got, um, um, I'm drawing a blank. Oh, my word. I have one of those senior moments. We've got Brother Douthit back there. Randy. I couldn't even remember his first name. Amen? If he gets up and sings, he's this big burly man, and then he sings real high. It's like, what, what happened to you? He'd get up here and sing. He's got the beard going, and he'd get up here. You'd think he's a bass, but he's not a bass. You know, we, we can make a joyful noise. There's nothing wrong with making a joyful noise. When we sing him, sing. You don't have to be on tune. Don't compare yourself to these three ladies. They can sing, right? They make a joyful noise and a great noise. We might just make a joyful noise. But, you know, we've got to make that. And who's it commanded to? Read what it says. Go to verse number 1. Verse number one says this, it says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, what's this? All ye lands. That's everybody. The joyful noise is not about us. It's not about my voice. It's not about my, my, my situation. It's about His situation. And if you're visiting with us, I'll just give you a short illustration of that. One time I was singing a song and I had it down. I could sing it really well. And I was practicing and practicing and practicing. And then I said, I went back to my wife. I'll never forget this. I went back to her on Saturday and said, I got this song down. I can sing this like I've never sang it before. And it, I don't usually say these things to her, but I said it to her that day. And she goes, okay. Well, I get up to sing the next morning. And right when I about sing the first note, I see it coming, but I can't do anything about it. And I open my mouth and about the first note, a bug flies in my mouth and I swallow it. I don't know if you've ever tried to swallow a bug without water. It's kind of hard to do. I could feel like the, its legs were grabbing my throat, Randy, as it was going down. I was like, I don't want to go down there. I'll never forget what I asked my wife. I said, honey, did you see what that bug was? And I thought she was going to have this great insight. And boy, she, just, she must have been thinking this before that. She goes, oh, I know what it was. I said, what was it? She said, it was a humblebee. I never ask her for advice anymore. <laughs> but the Bible says, listen, we've got to have the right perspective. Show God that you can, you can still be happy no matter what's going on. It's not our world anyways, it's His world. He's the one that created it. Amen. Go to verse number 2. Now, it's, this is an interesting statement. If you read this for what it says, verse number 2 is showing you that there were people in David's day that didn't believe in God. Look at verse number 2. It says in verse number 2, Serve the Lord with um, gladness. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm verse number 3 is there. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. You know, I'll get to that, that point in just a second, but look at verse number 2. Serve the Lord with gladness and come. We've got to serve Him. We've got to come to Him. And I like this, with singing. When do you sing? Let's say no one's around you. When do you sing? You oh, I always sing one time when I'm happy. I don't get down and go, let's break out in song. When do we sing? We sing when, we, when we're happy. And God wants that. He wants our perspective to be happy. So we've got our perspectives in, in, in verse number 1 and 2. The second one we have are possessions. Now, verse number 3 is the verse I was looking at. Know ye that the Lord, He is God. He is, David is saying to them, he's saying, listen, know this, that God is God. He knows what's going on. He, he, we are His possession. 
He takes care of us. How many of you ever been through something this, this last year? Anybody went through anything? Wasn't it a great year? If you could repeat 2020, would you do it? Oh man, bring it on, I'd love to have that. Uh, and my wife goes, don't ever say that. Don't ever say what else could happen, amen? I've, I've had situation after situation happen in my life this year. Three heart surgeries. Praise the Lord for that. But I'm his possession. I can doubt everything that God does in my life. Or I can just turn it over to him. Who knows more, you or God? Then why do we try to convince God that we know better? Keep reading in verse number three. And when I read this, and I was studying this, this is an interesting statement. It says, Know ye, not, know ye that the Lord, He is good, God. It is He that hath made us, and not we ourselves. Here it's showing the possession. We are His possession. Now watch this next part. I don't know if you caught this, but when I read it the first, when it really hit and struck me, it really made me think. Because it says in the first part, it says, We are His people. Where's the possession there? It's we're his creation, right? You see that? Look at the next part of the verse. Where's the possession at? See, it establishes that we are his people. But look at the next part of the verse. It's not talking about the people anymore. It, it calls us sheep. And this is one of the reasons I think David wrote this. He's a shepherd. But he says, and his sheep, keep reading, and the sheep of his pasture. See, sometimes when I read that, I think, and we are his sheep of the pasture. That's not what it says. It says we are the sheep of his pasture. You know what that means to me? I am his possession, and everything that I have is his. It's, notice, what, what is a sheep? What's a pasture for a sheep? There's only one way to say it. It's where they live. You know, so guess, guess what? Your house is owned by God. You say, well, I'm going to let him do the mortgage then. Try it. See how that works. Amen? But it is his possession. You know, I've come to the conclusion, if I'm going to let anybody borrow any of my, 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 my stuff, just accept if it comes back, it comes back. If it doesn't, it's okay. Because if you don't have that, guess what? It's all of a sudden mine, mine, mine. And if it's mine, guess what? If it gets broken, you get upset about it. If it gets ruined, if it never gets returned. You know, there's been things given to me and I forget. I was just sharing with, um, <laughs> I was just sharing with somebody and I said, listen, I've got something. <laughs> Don't blank. And I never forget her name. I'm having a moment today. Um, Peggy over there. Um, so I, I share, she shared something with me and she gave it to me and I, and I forgot to give it back to her. Um, Peter gave me something and I forgot to give it back to him. It took me six months. And I wonder if, it, if he thought, when are they ever going to give it back to me? Do you ever think that? You ever come across a tool? If you ever have a tool at your house that says Denver Rains on it, you better give it back to him. Denver's known for writing his name on everything. You know, what we've got to get back and we've got to understand that if it's yours... You own possession of it, and guess what? You're going to be protective of it. And I'm going to show you exactly 
what David did. Here he says, listen, we are his people. Even the pastures that we live in are his. Your vehicles are not yours. We get so wrapped up in them. You look at the back of my truck. I've got a little dink in the back tailgate. I know exactly when that happened. And guess what? It wasn't my fault. I saw who did it. I'm not going to tell you it was my son and all that lives in North Carolina, but it was somebody. <laughs> and I'll never forget, he, he, took a, he took the hinge off the back of the truck and moved it and hit, hit it. And then he just went like this. He went, oh. And then he just set it back down. And I went, what did you just do? He, and then he said, I think it was there before. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Now, I could be mad and mad and mad and mad about that, Cecil. Or I can realize it's God's truck and it's not mine anyway. I feel like we should take care of our stuff. Don't get me wrong. But don't you think people have, gotten, have lost family members because of mine, mine, mine? David says, listen, he says, listen, this is his pasture. His, the possessions were his. The, the next one is our proclamation. Go to verse number four. Verse number four says this, Enter to his gates with thanksgiving and into his, praise with, into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. You know when you read that verse, there's no other way you could say that God wants you to be thankful. And when you're thankful, guess what? It's going to show on your face. Daniel gets up there and says, you need to sing and smile when you sing. I wish we could take the cameras and put them on you when you're singing. God is so good. God is so good. God is so good. He's so... Isn't that what we sometimes say? what I see and sometimes I'm guilty of it I looked down at my wife this morning and when I'm singing she goes I knew what that meant did you not do that I'm guilty of it you know what she's saying smile we've got to understand the proclamation is this it's his gates with thanksgiving gates mean the openings so when you go into a new opening guess what be thankful about it the courts refer back to, when you look at that, the courts refer to buildings or, or cities or villages. So it's saying, when you go into these things, be excited about them, be happy, be thankful. And the whole aspect of this is the last part of this verse. Look at the last part of the verse. It says this, and bless his name. We saw this week what people are trying to do to his name. With the, with the stupid allegation of saying amen and a woman. That is ridiculous. Amen. amen is a proclamation saying that you agree with what was saying. It has nothing to do with gender. Amen. We've got to understand we're living in a wacky world. We've got to have some thankfulness in our life. We've got to have some praises in our life. We've got to be blessed in our life. So what do we do? We praise His name. We have a lot to be thankful for. Amen. Don't you? I didn't see very many people walking to church today. I didn't see people um, riding a horse into church because they have no transportation. We have transportation. And you know what? Guess what? We have electricity. We have water. We have all these different things. 
We, may, we might as well be thankful for it. Amen? Man, we can look for things to be negative, can't we? But David in this writing, he says, listen, I'm going to praise his name. Into his gates, into the courts. And last, the last thing is this, our positions. Look in Psalm 100, last verse. It says, for the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, his truth endureth to all generations. I love those two words, mercy. Aren't you thankful for God's mercy? Wow, I'm thankful for his mercy. And I'm thankful for his truth, but I'm really thankful for his mercy. Because don't we, don't we sometimes need his mercy? Don't we need his mercy and grace? Don't you think you do? I do. Man, I'm thankful for his mercy. I'm thankful for his grace. Because you know what's going to happen? I'm going to fail. That's where the mercy kicks in. That's where the grace kicks in. Aren't you thankful that God's truth is there? God did not wake up on January 10th, 2021, and say, what are we doing on earth? What just happened? As Christians, we've got to look at it and say, God, you're still in control. This is not my nation, it's your nation. This is not my world, it's your world. This is not my life, it's your life. This is not my possession, it's your possessions. Because what we do is we get wrapped up in this my thing, and we hold to it and it hurts us. Right? When you think everything is yours, what do you become? You become a failure. Because no matter what it is, it can be destroyed. You say, what about my family? Do you know people in your family that are not living right for the Lord? Has, there, has some of their lives been destroyed? I know some people in my family that their lives have been destroyed. What about a possession? How many of you remember your first car? I want to talk to people over 50 years old. How many of you remember your first car? Okay. Larry Hilton, what was it? 68. He had a nice car. I had a 66 Ford Fairlane, four-door. Could barely turn the tires, but it looked mean. Where's your car at now? Did it have a lot of metal to it? Mike, what was your first car? Oh, he had to do one better. If you know any Fords, Galaxy's better than the Fairlane, okay? Did it have, three, yeah, 300 what? Mine went from zero to 60 in six months. <laughs> you know what mine is right now? Probably a Coke can. It's gone. That means every, was everything about my car. Those possessions come and go, don't they? And we want to hold on to them and hold on to them. Read the story of the rich man that came to Jesus and said, How, what, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And what happened? Jesus said, sell all your possessions. Hmm. wonder how many times he thinks about that. So we have the perspectives. We have the possessions, the proclamations, the positions. But who wrote this psalm? David. Now who was David. Let me give you four words that David was. He was a shepherd. Lowest of lowest. He also was a warrior. You know, you put those two together, you think, 
There's no way a guy could be that way. Saul, remember, this is what turned Saul south on him. They came back and they said, Saul kills his thousands, but David kills his tens of thousands. There's also a musician. Now, you put all three of these together. I kind of understand playing a harp when you're out in the out in the wilderness, but a warrior and a musician, shepherd, and the last thing he was, he was king. Now, King David. As you look at King David, you think of his position that he holds. Then you read Psalm 100 and you realize how great of a man he was. Because he understood who he was. King David was a better man than I am. Probably a better man than most people in here. But let's look at these words again. David understood his presence. He understood that he needed God. He understood he was his God's people. And even his pastures were his. If you look at this, his gates, he understood when he went into some place, it was not mine, it was his. He understood his courts, he understood his name. He understood his mercy and he understood his truth. Aren't you thankful for his rather than mine? My life could not be given for your sins, but his life could be given for your sins. And when I look at it as a king and he has this perspective, you say, well, that's a weird perspective for a king because a king can do anything they want. But he's a picture of who Jesus was also. I want to leave you with two thoughts. How do I know that David did all these things? I'm going to say one word to you, and I'm going to show you that David, although he was a failure with Bathsheba, he was definitely a godly king. One word states the whole cause of David believing in all these things and understanding that nothing was his, but it was God's. And it's one word, and guess what that word is? Absalom. Absalom. Absalom tried to take over his, over his country. What was his perspective on that? He knew it was God's kingdom, not his. Aren't you thankful that's not about us? I'm so thankful it's not about us because we let people down. My memory was going this morning, amen? You ever lose something? You ever forget something? What do you do? We've got to get the right perspective. You say, well, what are we going to do today? This is a terrible situation in our country. Well, let's read Psalm 100 one more time, and I'm going to emphasize something to you that God is still on the throne. Amen? When you leave today, it's not about a golf ball. Amen? How many of you use your golf ball this week? Put it somewhere where it drives you crazy. Put it in your cup holder so every time you go around a curve, it hits the side of the cup holder, and you go, okay, I've got to give room for God this week. You're visiting with us, you have no earthly idea what I'm talking about, but there's that golf ball. Make 2021 a time where you give room to God. Now watch this. Let's read this one more time. In fact, I'm going to read the first verse, so I know you're with me. You're going to read the second verse. We're going to go all the way down, and we're going to read five more verses, and we'll be done. And I want to point out one more last thing to you. It says this. It says, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. 
Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. That is terrible. All right, we're going to try it one more time. I'm going to start the first verse. I want you to mean it, okay? Don't just, oh, man, i got to get over this. It's on his last point. Just think about that. It's my last point. We can leave after this, okay? So let's get excited, all right? Here we go. Make a, joy, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord. That's really good. And then verse number three says this. It says, know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter and... So you're supposed to be blessing Him and thanking Him. Amen? Doesn't matter what happens. Watch verse number 5. David wraps this whole chapter up in verse number 5. And I love how he ends it. Look what it says. 2021, what's going to happen? For the Lord is good. Is he still good? Amen. Amen. Look at the next part. His mercy is, ever, is everlasting. Wow, that's good, isn't it? But check out this last part. And his truth endureth to, what's the next word? All generations. Everlasting into all generations. So you guess what? We're going to have mercy and we're going to have truth. And the truth will come out. Amen? Amen. You know the problem with telling a lie? You have to remember your lie. Right? Watch. If I go to Brother Pilhart and I say, this is what happened. And I go over to Brother Gardner and I say, this is what happened. And they're two different stories. I got to remember, I told him that. I told him that. And you know what I don't want? I don't want him to talk to him. That's what happens with lies. We're all going to fail. The Bible says a just man, what, falls seven times. What makes him just? He gets back up. When you have a failure, it's not about you. It's always my, 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 my. Turn it over to his. This is about God. God, what do you want me to do? When I have a failure, teach me what I need to know from a failure. And understand this. If a king can do this, a preacher can do it. Someone that works at Eastman can do it. Amen? Somebody that is out of this state can do it. Somebody that's, I mean, we all can do it. We've got to choose it. So when you fail, what do you do? You know one thing I'm thankful for? I'm thankful for David, and I'm thankful for Peter. Because once they failed, they turned it around. When failures happen in your life, take the blame, and then turn it around and say, listen, God, what do you want me to do? Because I am his possession. This is his pasture. Thank you for his mercy. And when we think of 2021, we have no idea what's going to happen. His truth will endure forever. And it won't even just do, endure forever. It's to all generations. So you look at you go, wow, what's going on? I can't tell you what's going on. People lie to us all the time, don't they? Amen. Aren't you thankful you have a God that doesn't do that? Finish this. 
Jesus said, I am the way, the and the no man cometh unto the Father but by me. Aren't you thankful you're His possession? Lord, I thank you so much for this day. Lord, I thank you for these babies that are here and the parents. They have to be godly examples to these children. Lord, may we understand and we pray for them. May we pray for their family. May we pray for uh, uh, the children as they grow up that they'll come to know you as a, at an early age. They won't have all the, the, the scars that maybe we have. But Lord, sometimes when we look at the Scripture, we've got to be positive about what you have for us. May we be positive. May we understand we need to bless you. We need to be thankful for you. Everything doesn't go our way. There's things in 2020 that I would have changed, but God, you made us go through this. You made me go through it. You made my family go through it. You've made the church go through it. You've made families in this church go through things that I don't understand, but I can tell you this, Lord, you still are good. You love us, despite our shortcomings and everything that we do and the failures that we have. May we be just people where we get up, move forward, and praise your name for it. May we understand what His possession is. Now, Lord, be with this invitation. May we just reflect on who we are. King David can write numerous psalms about who God is to him. May we just have a prayer time today and just want to be used by you. Come what may in our life, you are in control. You know what's going on. May we serve you with our whole heart. We'll give you all the praise and glory. In Jesus' name, with heads bowed and eyes closed, if you could stand for us. Let me ask you this simple question. With no one looking around, if you don't know Christ is your personal Savior, you wouldn't understand that possession. You need to get it settled. Get it settled today. No reason to walk out. You say, well, I've been in church many years. It doesn't matter how long you've been in church. I was in Bible college when I accepted Christ as my personal Savior. Get it settled. Secondly, we've got to quit saying the word my or mine. King David had everything and he understood his. His God, His power, His possession, His pastures. And let me tell you this, King David's pastures are a lot bigger than what our pastures were, and he was willing to give them over to him. What are we going to do with our stuff? What are we going to do with our attitude? Well, I have the right. Do you really? What does God have in store for you? How are you holding Him back?